Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, is none other than my good friend and Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy, and happy Valentine's Day, my dear. Well, thank you, darling. Same to you. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm doing very well. The sun is shining. Uh, it's a little warm out or warming up, shall I say? Uh, Going to be in the 70s, so I'm excited. Always happy to have some good warm weather. How about yourself? Uh, I think it's going to be 50. But the oh. best news ever is our dome is going back up. Wow, good. Yeah, I remember yeah, last back week. back up now. They have to clean it out and fix the rips. Very good. So you'll be back in, in the swing of things, uh, as they say. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's um, – and you were mentioning it last week. Of course, the uh, storm had gone through and, and uh, did some damage in the area, and obviously the dome was one of them. So you were uh, sort of uh, doing some makeshift runaround, if you will, to uh, – uh, to keep the Miller camps going, as it were, and uh, so that's good. Any any anticipated date when they think it's well, going to be uh, maybe up and... even Saturday? Oh wow, wow, that's fantastic. Well, good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I know uh, you guys have enjoyed uh, uh, working out of there for uh, a number of years, and it's been a very successful operation. So I'm glad to see that they were able to get things up and, and moving again relatively quickly. So, excellent. All right, we've got a great show for you this morning. We're going to start things off here in just a moment. Uh, another no BS zone, the first of the season, so I'm excited about that as, as well. Uh, and then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by our very special guest. She's the CEO and founder of Lola Sports, LLC, uh, Lisa O'Hurley. She's going to be joining us on the second half. We're going to talk to her about a number of things about what's new and exciting with her uh, clothing line this season and her experience down at the PGA show, uh, which just ended a couple of weeks ago. And of course, uh, uh, yours truly and, and Cindy were down at the show this year uh, checking things out and uh, all kinds of uh, interesting things going on. So we'll see what Lisa's uh, take on the show was and, and how, uh, how it went for her. Um, but... Um, I want to remind everybody first that we are live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Um, <clears throat> for some reason, excuse me, if you can't uh, tune in live, you can just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf and just scroll down to the on-demand section and all of the previously aired uh, episodes, including today, will be there in shortly. Uh, and you can listen to them when it's convenient for you. Or you can go really anywhere that podcasts are heard. Uh, we're on pretty much all of the main networks, including Spotify and iTunes. So uh, check us out there. Um, all right, as I said, we're going to start off with the No BS Zone. And this is actually, uh, Cindy, I pulled this from the recent Golf Tips magazine. This is an article that I actually put together uh, for our cover story. And it's Master Your Game, Becoming the Best Player That You Can Be. And actually what I thought we would do, uh, because there were three components to it, uh, there was the physical ability, the mental game, and, of course, handling your emotions. Um, so I'm going to put this into a three-parter. We're going to tackle each one. Uh, we're going to start with the physical today, and then next week uh, we'll have another no BS zone, and we'll hit the next one, the mental game, and then subsequently the uh, uh, handling your emotions will be the sort of wrap-up, if you will. So sort of a special no BS zone, something we haven't really done before. Um, and then hopefully by that time we'll be into the Epson Tour season, and uh, we should start, uh, uh, after the end of this uh, month, start seeing some of the winners or certainly some of the players uh, coming on the program in this uh, first-time slot. So we're excited about that. We're looking forward to uh, 
hosting some of the young ladies coming on this season. So, Cindy, I thought with this particular, again, we're going to talk about the physical side of the game. So the goal really here is to help uh, our, our listeners build a solid foundation as they prepare to enter this new golf season. Um, and in order to master the game, becoming the best player you can be, it's important you understand uh, and master the following key areas of your game. First, uh, again, as I mentioned, physical, uh, the mental game, and handling your emotions. And as I've said just a moment ago, you and I are going to discuss some areas to improve one's playing ability. And these are just some. I mean, obviously, there are many, many other things. And, Cindy, I want you to, uh, you know, to jump in with so many uh, additional ones that you can think of uh, in addition to some of the ones. So uh, here's sort of – I'm going to lay the groundwork, and then we'll, we'll get some initial feedback from you, and then we'll, we'll proceed. So, again, we're going to tackle the physical ability first. So typically, most golfers work on their fundamentals of their game uh, and maybe a few uh, key shots – However, there is more to improving the physical game than just working on the status quo. Uh, so I've put a few examples that we're going to talk about. And I'm, as I'm sure you are, saying, I'm asked the question, why can't I take uh, my range game to the golf course? And I think the simple answer from, from my perspective is the average golfer fails to practice with any sort of purpose, uh, therefore is ill-prepared to handle real course situations. So I want to get your, your thoughts on this um, uh, I'm sure you've received uh, or heard a similar question. What are your thoughts initially? Um, do you agree, disagree? Do you want to add to what I just said with respect to um, what people typically do when they're working on their, their physical part of the game is they sort of just stick to some of the fundamentals and really don't focus on a lot of the other areas. And then we'll talk about uh, moving from range to, to first tee. What are your thoughts? I don't think people know what they're doing when they're – I don't know that – that doesn't sound right. I don't know that people are aware or have swing thoughts or a plan of what mm -hmm. they do when they're doing the club. I believe the outcome devil creeps into their head and they try to create an outcome instead of a shot. So I think when you're practicing, if you know what your swing thoughts are, so you really have to focus on what you're doing while you're swinging. And they can't right. be a lot of thoughts. They have to be pretty simple, um, very easy to think about, right? Like, oh, my mm -hmm. head's still, I'm swinging, bending, slapping, whatever it is that you're trying to do, um, that you will create the shot you're looking for, therefore hit it better. So mm -hmm. I don't know that they're aware of what they're doing. Therefore, they don't hit it right. Therefore, they get frustrated. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. And I think it boils down to this. Um, and, and this is what we're going to talk about here in just a moment when I said about transitioning from range to the first tee. I think most golfers fail to prepare. Uh, they go out there and they think, okay, I'm just going to hit this shot. And they don't really plan for anything. And, and it's very important to do that even in your practice sessions because if you're not planning and preparing uh, to execute a shot, and that, I don't mean just the pre-shot routine. That's just sort of to get you ready and set uh, to pull the trigger, as it were. Um, but they fail to really prepare for their shots. And, again, as you pointed out, you know, you have to have, uh, you know, certainly one swing key, whatever it may be, you know, keep the head steady, whatever the case may be. Um, you have to have that as well. Uh, and it may be something that you're struggling with that you want to remind yourself with, but you don't want to clutter it with, uh, you don't want to, as the proverbial opening the closet door and everything falls out. So you've got to be careful with that. But do you think, do you agree that, uh, that most fail to prepare properly uh, before they even get to the golf course? Yeah, but let's just talk about a shot. Like I've got mm -hmm. 10 kids leaving this week to go to the Under Armour National Championships where the league directors of the Under Armour Tour of Buffalo. And yep. all of them are coming in for lessons, you know. So yesterday, well, three days ago, I said, where's the yardage book for the course? Oh, it's at the house. I go, put the yardage mm. book in your golf bag. Okay. I wrote down all these numbers for him because I said, okay, what do we got to do to fly at 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards, right? And mm -hmm. I said, where we need to put those numbers in your yardage book. Well, they're in this book. I go, well, you don't want two books while you're playing. Again, think ahead. What am I going to do while mm -hmm. I'm on the golf course? So yesterday they brought the right book. I said, okay, 
he starts to want to hit his driver. I said, no, 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 no. Come here, come here, come here. We're going to go through the golf course. <laughs> and I said, you know, do you have a Sharpie marker? Yeah. Well, the Sharpie marker was huge, like huge. A really, really big fat tip. And I said, no, 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 no. You're going to get, you know, real thin tip Sharpie marker so it doesn't write over all the whole book, right? So right. I've got a Sharpie marker out. And I said, okay, here's the whole... Now, his father goes, oh, my God, there's water everywhere. I'm like, what the heck? Stop. Right? So, again, <laughs> what do people think? Oh, there's water everywhere. And, by the way, they're playing right. in Sandusky. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. The national cool. That's a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, yeah, that's just down the road for me. Yeah. So, and they're all playing different golf courses depending on their age and their gender. So, and Natalie will be there, by the way. She mm-hmm. won last year by cool. nine or ten shots. Wow. Our little Natalie. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, I said, all right, let's go through the golf course. So here's where I want you to hit your tee shot. You don't need a driver here. This golf course is really short. The kid's 11 years old, right? So they're not playing it real long. Oh, well, I could hit driver. I go, why would you not hit driver? Because see the water over there and the trees over here? Well, that's not what we want to do. We want to hit a shot that's 165 off the tee. So again, planning where you want to try to hit the shot. So let's pretend mm-hmm. we're on the tee box. And I said, okay, if there's water on the left and you want to hit it to the right, you're going to set up on the left side of the tee box. Well, why? So your back is to the water and you can't see it. Oh, so again, silly little things like that, that if you, when you stop and say, I hit the ball well enough to score better, but I don't, now we have to look in the mirror and say, well, why don't we score better? Because little yeah. tiny things mess with us. Therefore, we hit yucky shots because we're afraid. Therefore, mm-hmm. we play terrible and then we get mad. So right. that's my opinion. Yeah, and, and that really goes to what we're going to talk about briefly here now, and that is preparation to transition from the range. The range is a great place to practice those types of shots. You can imagination is a wonderful thing. So when you're on the practice tee, instead of just raking and hitting balls, Imagine a scenario. Imagine you're on that tee box and you've got water, as, as you just pointed out, to the left. So, again, you're going to aim to the left. Uh, you're going to set up on the left side um, so that that trouble is now away from where you're aiming, but also you're not going to see it because, as you said, it's behind your back. Um, so those are things that you can prepare for um, as opposed to just hitting golf balls. Everybody's worried about, well, I've got to hit the perfect golf shot. Uh, certainly you want to make sure that you're hitting uh, the shots well, but you also want to prepare for what actually is going to happen out in the golf course. And that's where a lot of people sort of miss the boat, is they don't prepare for what they're actually going to be faced with. They just sort of do something willy-nilly, and then they get out in the golf course and say, oh, I, I didn't factor that, or they're focusing on all the trouble, as you just uh, very eloquently pointed out. So I like to get people to sort of imagine that they're playing three different holes, a par four, five, and, and a par three. And you can use a lot of the targets out there to help for alignment and so forth. And I always try to recommend people go to uh, one side of the range or the other, uh, if possible, uh, so that they're not, you know, sort of plunked in the middle. I mean, obviously, you've got to take whatever you can get. But so, so that way, there's not as many distractions. They're kind of doing their own thing. And it opens up a, a better range of the range, if you will, as opposed to sort of being in the center. Uh, but... I think that a lot of people don't do what you just pointed out is they don't really prepare or plan uh, to execute specific shots because they don't think about them. They just sort of do a very generic overview of everything, and it doesn't set them up for success. And I think you've got to plan, like bringing that yardage book in, and let's mark these these yardages down at various different degrees and very different uh, distances so that you have an understanding when you get there what that 50-yard shot is going to be like, and and so on and so forth. And that's something that you're trying to work with with these young uh, youngsters that are going to be playing in this event uh, this week, right? Correct. Correct. I just, you know, let's look at the golf course and see what we're trying to do. Yep. It, exactly. You want to you want to take real life. Set. And here's something else too. And I'm going to move on to the next point because I, I don't want us to get too far behind. But uh, so another thing I always like to get students to do is to practice shots that you'll be faced with but maybe never prepare for. And, and an example that I use in this scenario, and again, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, um, 
is, you know, there's a lot of different bunker shots. Um, that's an area that a lot of people practice very, very little on their own. Um, but I like to get students to practice that, and I want to do something that this particular one I use is the ball below the feet. So that's where, um, you know, you're, you're maybe even outside of the bunker, you're standing on the edge of the bunker uh, or just outside the edge, and the ball is near the edge, but it's maybe a good foot below your feet. Well, that's a whole different setup than what a normal bunker shot, or maybe it's an uneven lie. Like maybe the, you know, the, the bunker's uh, sloping slightly near the front, uh, to the green, and you've got to be on a sort of a tilted axis. So um, you want to practice shots like that. Don't just take the, the standard bunker shot and, and practice that. That's important too, but you need to practice because I guarantee it at some point or other, and you can attest to this, you're going to find yourself in some awkward shots. And if you never prepare for those shots, and that doesn't mean you have to practice them all the time, but you've got to at least practice them a little bit of the time in order to become more proficient or to understand how to set up properly. What are your thoughts here? I agree. I agree. Um, I believe that you should be able to hit it straight off a flat line first. Um, oh, I agree. And, and you know, try to figure out how to do it off of a different line. But but again, it's um, it's knowing what you're doing and thinking about the shot and the setup so that you can. So that you can do it on the course. I mean, that's what it's all about. And I think, too, Cindy, right, I think once you've assessed what shot you're going to be faced with and you understand what you have to do to execute it, then I think you have to put that aside and now you get into your, your pre-shot routine. Uh, and, and I think once you do that, I mean, obviously, when whether you're on the tee or out the fairway or in the rough or what have you, and you're faced you know, with the ball in whatever position it may be, um, now you want to do that assessment. You want to find out, okay, what am I faced with? What are the wind conditions? You know, are there any options? I mean, you, you don't want to focus on trouble, but you do need to be conscious of it. You need to know, okay, there is water or there is, uh, you know, uh, a hazard over here, and you need to be conscious of it, but then let it go. Once you're aware of everything, then you uh, adjust accordingly to whatever shot is required to make sure that you're going to get the optimal success, but then don't dwell on it. So, you know, assess the situation, get a game plan, if you will, and it doesn't take very long if you've been practicing these things. That's why I say on the range is the best opportunity to practice a lot of these things uh, to become a better uh, physical player um, because then you can take, and you can say, oh, yeah, I remember when I was on the range last week, I imagined this particular scenario, and I'm going to be faced with, and I'm here I am on the golf course, I'm now faced with it. So now I'm going to, uh, you know, take the steps necessary to execute this shot, and you're going to do it with confidence. And that's really what it's all about is building confidence. Do you agree? Yes, totally. That's exactly what it is, for sure. And, you know, you're working, as you said, with these youngsters that are getting ready to play in this event, and this is something, obviously, obviously Natalie doesn't need the confidence. She's already got it. She's, she was the winner, but, uh, you know, from the last time uh, around, but... Um, but even her, I mean, even though she won the last time, she's, you know, uh, coming into this event, and it's a whole new, it, it's like starting over. Um, the one thing that she has going for is the confidence of knowing that she can uh, rise to the challenge and can be successful at it and ultimately ended up winning the event. So, so she has that coming, and she's already got coming in with some confidence, right? Yeah, but also know that, you know, you can't control the outcome. We're just working right. out, and again, they all get older. They have to play longer tee boxes. They play with different kids because everybody's getting, you know, they get to the next age level. So, again, no one, you know, can stand up and say, oh, I'm going to hit this perfect and, and do it. Uh, like Scotty Scheffler on Sunday, he didn't hit it very good. Right, right. But he still got to win, you know? Yep. Anyway. Yeah, and that, and that's... And that's no, that's a that's a valid point. I mean, sometimes you're not always going to be uh, perfect on the golf course, but you can still be successful. I mean, how many times over the years did we hear Tiger say, "Well, I didn't really play my A game," and he ended up beating the the field by eight shots? And people were scratching their head. Well, what do you, you know? What the heck do you mean he didn't play your A game? I mean, what game were you playing? You know, I mean, you still well, you won the event, and you know, you're hoisting the trophy up, you're carrying the the, the check to your car, um, but in his mind. You know, he knew that he could do better than what he did, 
but ultimately he was able to pull things together in such a way that it still yielded success. And then he would go after that event and he would work on some of the things that he that gave him trouble out in the golf course, that particular uh, you know round or or a particular tournament. And that's what we want you know everybody to do is you know play with what you've got that day, and then focus on working on it. Don't start monkeying around in the golf course. The last point I want to touch on is, and I think this is really important. Um, you know, obviously you want to be able to, to hit the ball straight, um, but you've got to work on your timing and tempo. Uh, this is something that very few people. Uh, everybody has uh, a natural body rhythm, and everybody's is different. Some might be similar, but everybody's is different. And you have to find and understand your own um, because that dictates. If you're, for instance, I'm going to use some, some older examples, but if you're somebody that has a body rhythm that's very sort of laid back, um, you know, like a uh, Freddie Couples or an Ernie Els, uh, you know, and I'm referring obviously on the men's tour, um, you don't want to go up there and swing like a Nick Price, who had a very quick pace and, and body rhythm, uh, or vice versa. So you have to find that, and I think that once you understand uh, the importance of both uh, and work on those things and get that that and get that good body rhythm going, that's going to help a lot as well. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Do you? What do you do? Is there anything specific that you do to get them to? understand or develop their own rhythm as opposed to just you know manipulating it to somebody else's uh style that they see on tv what are your thoughts here well everybody's different so they have to have their own rhythm and i don't know that many of my students are trying to emulate well they might see a swing like i had a dad that says you know look at you know nelly corda <laughs> in fact it was natalie's mm. dad and look at her backswing. I said, okay, Natalie happens to be um, 57 inches tall, okay? And right. Nellie Corda is, I don't know, uh, 72 inches A lot inches taller than that. Tall, right? Yeah, a lot taller. So, yeah, so she's going to be more upright right now. Natalie's 11. She's 30, you know, again. So what are you doing? And so then I took a picture of the top of their backswing. Oh, 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 okay. You know, they're all looking for something that they do wrong to try to fix it, right? And Mm -hmm. they have to swing within themselves, and they have to understand their body is different. And you know what's funny that you mentioned this? I just bought this DeWiz. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a watch thing that measures your swing at the PGA show. And I, of course, didn't start using it yet. And last night I said to Alan, I got to get this thing moving. You know, I got to work on this. And he said, well, you have to set up an account and you have to do this. And, well, it wanted to know how far my knuckles were from the floor. So I go get the yardstick. And then it wanted to know my my wingspan. He goes, why are you flying out of here? And so anyway, it's funny because. Uh, it wanted to know all these measurements. Well, why? Because it's a, a technology thing. You know, it's an AI thing, whatever. It's going to measure my swing. It needs to know what my body looks like. So if that thing needs to know, then you need to know, you know, how tall are you? It, you have to swing within yourself. That's the bottom line. So. Yeah, and, and, and just yeah, and just to sort of sum it up, so, so when, as an example, when you're swinging well and in balance, your tempo will be very smooth and rhythmic. Uh, tempo affects timing. So if you swing too slow, as I mentioned, or too fast, your timing will be thrown off if it's not your natural body rhythm. So the key is to find your own rhythm and not to copy. And that's what I was getting at is don't try to copy someone else's. So it might look good. You know, uh, an Ernie Els or a Freddie Couples might look good, but maybe your body rhythm is a little bit quicker than theirs. So if you try to slow it down excessively in order to match their rhythm, it's going to throw you off. And you might think, well, if I'm slowing it down, I'm not swinging it fast. That's true. But if your body rhythm is not and, – and a really good way, it's so simple, is to think about how you walk. You know, some people walk very quickly. Some people have sort of long, uh, you know, uh, strides and, and a long uh, gait, if you will, when they walk, and very slow and methodical, kind of like a sloth. And I know it's a bit of an exaggeration, but to give you the point <laughs> – uh, and and others might bounce around like a squirrel. Uh, you know they're very quick and 
and jittery and whatnot. And that, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's how their body rhythm moves. So when you think about that, so people say, well, how do I find out? How do I, you know, how do I discover my rhythm? Well, that's the way to do that is to, you know, just go out for a walk one day and just pay attention to how you walk. Don't force anything. Don't try to change. Just walk like you normally would. And if you're somebody that, that takes very short, quick steps, then you tend to have a more uh, fast rhythm or body rhythm. Um, if you're somebody, as I said, that walks a little bit slower, um, then obviously you have a slower rhythm. And that's what you want to work on and you want to focus on that. And I think when you do that, if you work on both your tempo and timing, uh, the next time you visit the practice range, I think you'll be amazed at how much better your results will be. I mean, all of the other stuff uh, is important, don't get me wrong, but if, I mean, you can have the squarest of club faces, you can have the proper shaft in your golf club, and you can have nice brand new grips on there. But if you're not playing within yourself, it doesn't matter what equipment you have and what necessarily you know, um, you're going to still have some struggles. So there's a lot of these components, and this sort of sums up, and there's so many other things that we could talk about, but I just wanted to touch on a few things um, here. And, uh, you know, there's... A, so really just to very quickly recap is you want to prepare as best you can. I mean, it's never going to be perfect, but you want to prepare as best you can and the best place to do that is when you're out in the practice tee or during your lessons is to make sure that, you know, when you're working with your instructor or coach, uh, that you're working on things that are going to help you prepare for when you're out in the golf course. And you want to, when you're at the range, don't just practice the typical vanilla-type golf shots where you're just, as I said earlier, raking and hitting balls. Practice shots that you're, you know you're going to be facing. Mean, you know the type of shots you're faced with if you've played any uh, for any length of time. So, Set up some examples. You know, on the putting surface, don't just hit those three-foot putts or ten-foot putts. Do some leg putting. Get on the one side of the green and putt to the other side of the green and, and kind of just, you know, develop that, that rhythm for leg putts. Um, you know, get in the bunker and don't just do the, the regular bunker shots, but set up some scenarios. Plug it, you know, plug the ball in. Play a, as they say, a, or a fried egg, as it's often referred to as well. Uh, practice a lot of different shots so that when you get out on the golf course and you're faced with one, you can say, okay, that's what I need to do. That's how I need to handle that particular shot. And there might be some variances, but essentially that's going to help you prepare better and obviously always work on your tempo and timing um, because I think that's something. Once you get that rhythm down, I think that's uh, going to help tremendously work out some of the other things. So any final thoughts and anything else that we should let them know before we get ready to move on? Nope. Great job. Perfect. And next week, as I said, we're going to talk about, we're going to move on to the mental game. There's some things there. Um, and they all work hand in hand. This is what I, I want to emphasize, is they all work hand in hand. So it's not just the physical side. I mean, yes, that's important. You've got to work on the physical part of your game. But there's the mental side and there's the emotional side as well. And all of those components have to work together uh, in order to be successful. And whether you're aspiring to be a tour player or you just want to, uh, maybe do well at, at uh, you know this year's club championship, uh, or just with your friends on the weekend. You just want to play and have more fun. These are some things that you can work on that will hopefully, uh, if you do them right and do them consistently, uh, will help you achieve that. So uh, we're always here to help. And next week, as I said, on the No BS Zone, we're going to talk about the mental side of things a little bit, and we'll get more depth. So um, great discussion. And you can also find... Uh, I will give you the information again, but um, you can go to golftipsmag.com, and if you're a subscriber, uh, the March-April issue that has just been released uh, just within the last week or so, um, this particular article, uh, Master Your Game, Becoming the Best Player You Can Be, is in there in its entirety, so you can read through there and get some of the same information, in fact, more detail than what we've talked about here. So. Um, very quick break, and then we're going to welcome our very special guest this morning, Lisa O'Hurley. We'll be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, Simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. 
All right. Again, don't forget to go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe, and you'll find articles like that in the magazine and others, uh, some useful information as well that will help improve your game. All right, Cindy, we're going to be joined uh, once again by a special guest who was actually with us uh, not last year but the year before. Uh, she came on and talked about a business that she had put together uh, called Lola Sports LLC, and she's the founder and CEO. I'm talking about, of course, Lisa O'Hurley. Uh, she's a former Golf Channel and Golfino executive. Uh, she has a lifelong love for golf clothes and an impeccable sense of style, uh, and she also played uh, at Baylor University on the golf team and uh, is also married to actor John O'Hurley, who, of course, uh, famously played Jay Peterman on Seinfeld and uh, also played the lead in Chicago on Broadway. So, Cindy, let's welcome our uh, special guest this morning uh, from Lola Sports, uh, Lisa O'Hurley. Well, good morning, everybody. What an introduction. <laughs> Short and sweet, <laughs> I love as it. I say. And happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day to you as well. Um, I think, Cindy, are you with us there or not? I, I didn't know if maybe you muted the mic. I did. <laughs> I'm <Okay>. talking away. <laughs> and no one can me. <laughs> Happy good morning, Valentine's Cindy. Day. Thank you for being here. It's Very good. Well, I can't believe it's been two years. Yeah, I was looking at it. I think you were in... Uh, I want to say either June or July of 2021 is when you came on and um, and talked about, uh, you know, your exciting line. And we're going to talk more about that. But I want to, if you don't mind, Cindy, I'm just going to start off real quick because I, I sort of mentioned in the intro about uh, uh, the PGA show. Um, I know you were down there, and i got to be honest, I tried several times because I was down there, of course, Cindy was down there as well, um, several times to come up to your booth and say hello, but you were so busy I couldn't get within <laughs> 10 feet. Which is a good thing for you, but not so good for, yeah. for me wanting to say hello. But um, I tried several times, so I didn't want you to think, well, wait, why didn't you stop by the booth? I did. I tried several oh, times. So nice. But, but, but yeah, anyways. Wasn't and, it and nice to see um, – it was nice to see the PGA show back in full form or, or nearly full form. certainly felt like right. it. Right. Yeah. It's uh, still – Still a few short, but much better. I didn't go to the one last year. I, I think, Cindy, I think you said last week that you were um, the previous year. And obviously, be, you know, rolling on the back end of COVID, um, understandably, they were taking uh, some additional co uh, precautions and whatnot. And, and I think a lot of folks were hesitant to come back in full force. But this year definitely was a much better show. And let me just uh, compliment your booth. You had a great booth. Um, I really liked oh, the way you. it was laid out. Yeah, it was very, very well put together. And um, simple yet elegant, uh, as they say. But Thank um, you. so I want to, yeah, I want to get your thoughts um, now. I'm assuming then, since you're familiar with the show, uh, this wasn't your first one, right? You've been there before. Oh, I think this was, to be honest, my 29th. Okay, <laughs> it's, all right. Well, there you go. Uh huh. Yeah, so you've been, been you've been few. to a few. Um, yeah. So give us a little bit of the feedback, other than you know, obviously it was it was a much better performance overall. Uh, compared to some of the past seasons, understandably again because of the pandemic. Um, but what was your what was some of the feedback that you had? I mean, obviously you're there to uh, you know to uh, do business and things like that and network and so forth as we all do. But what was your feedback? What was some of the feedback that you received this year at the show? So um, first of all, we did we did do the show last year, which was you know we were we were one of the few. Um, because it was hot off of COVID and not that mm -hmm. many people attended and certainly not that many people um, showcased their lines. But, but we did decide to do last year, and it, it worked well for us just because I think we got to see everybody that was there because it was such mm -hmm. a smaller show. This year, I mean, I do feel like it was so much, so much busier. Um, and, you know, for us personally at Lola Sports, it was, um, kind of an entree into more of the international golf world this year for some reason. We had a lot of interest coming to us from Canada and the U.K. and Europe. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now I have to go back to my desk and figure out how that's going to all work out. But, um, but that was really nice to see. So not only are we growing in America, but we're starting to get a lot more inquiries from overseas. Yeah, and, and that's... Uh, and a testament to really your, you and your team uh, at Lola Sports for just doing a great job and, and putting everything together, not just the lines themselves, but the marketing and all the other components that with it. Because 
it's a very obviously a very competitive market. Um, as you experienced out the show, there's a lot of you know other lines out there and that, and and really everybody sort of has to find their niche and and whatnot. Um, so you you've obviously done very well, um, and and the the line continues to to grow. Um, what are consumers looking for? What what's some of the feedback from consumer? I know it's not a consumer show, but obviously you're you're talking to buyers yeah. and things like that. So they're telling you what some of their what, what are they saying consumers are really looking for. You know, I think that um, I think that in today's day and age, with the fabrics being so much better than they were of yesteryear, I think people are mm-hmm. really looking for comfort. I think they're looking for outfits that they can wear all day long. Um, you know, we live in a very busy society. Women are super busy, and mm-hmm. um, and that entails everything from you know families, kids, work, social activities. They're, we're busy people. And um, to have to run home and change clothes in between in, in between activities is is not really what we want to be doing. So right. I think that for especially for for women who play golf, they're kind of looking for um, their golf clothes to not scream, you know, I've just been playing golf, but to be a little bit more lifestyle. And I think that that has really bode well for us. Um, because that is one of our first and foremost um, things that we try to capture with with really every outfit collection that we have is being able to put it on in the morning, feel comfortable and put together while you're running errands, while you're working, while you're playing golf. And then, you know, if you don't have time to get, go home and change for dinner, you're still fine. Mm. So, um, you know, that is one thing that we really look at. And I do think that it's resonating with the consumer for sure. Yeah, and I, if I'm if I hear you correctly, what you're saying in a sense is they're looking for the versatility. It, obviously, they want to look good, they want to feel good, they want it to be comfortable, but they want versatility. I mean, I think the days are, are I shouldn't say gone, but moving in a different direction, where you have this outfit is for this sport or this outfit is for this thing and can't wear it anywhere else. People are looking for, particularly women, are looking for versatility in their clothes so that they can play golf and it maybe throw it. Right, throw a jacket on, and now suddenly they can go out to uh, a, a dinner or a business meeting or whatever the case is. Is that what I'm hearing you say? It com- yep, completely agree. Completely agree. Perfect. That figure that's um, uh, what you were going to. It's been um, yeah, it's been fun to see even you know even from the inside some of our our pieces that I would consider definitely more versatile um, really taking off in the last couple of years. You know, we make this. Um, one of my favorite pieces that we make is called the golf fitness pull-on pant. And it's, it's mm-hmm. sort of like a, um, an ele- much elevated yoga pant, let's just say. So mm-hmm. it's a tad bit thicker. It's made from a really nice Italian stretch fabric. It's, um, it's longer, so it goes all the way to your ankle. You don't see any mid-calf showing. And it also has a little high rise, so it's got some tummy tuck ability, which is nice. But the, the mm-hmm. kicker is the two back pockets and then the one side pocket, which makes them country club appropriate for when you're playing golf, but also, mm-hmm. you know, one of the most comfortable and put-together things. You can put boots with them at night. I mean, they are they are really divine. And to watch um, that those pants kind of create a following is really nice. You know, we're, we're always being asked how many colors that they're coming in for the season. So it's something that we will continue with. And, you know, and we'll probably even, you know, make a few other pairs of pants that are similar but kind of um, – that kind of go off of that one so that then we have our own little sort of, you know, golf leisure section going on that we're, we've been uh, cultivating. Right. And, and yeah, you, again, going back to versatility, you want something that on one hand can um, make you feel very comfortable and casual, but at the same time can be dressed up very easily with just a few modifications uh, or accessories added um, can make you, um, you know, the talk of the town, so to speak. So I think it's important, and I know that that in, in every walk of life, I think that people are looking for for something different and and a, a certain versatility. Yeah. Um, Cindy, yeah, I'm going to do something I don't normally do much on this show, and that's I'm going to shut up. And Cindy, I'm, the floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said I really. It's Valentine's Cindy's Day, so I'm, I'm giving you a gift. That's my that's my Valentine's gift. <laughs> Go ahead, Cindy. Okay, so I'm on the website. Stop by category. Tell me where these pants are. <laughs> well, you'll either find them 
um, in the pants or you'll find them in um, the core, but they're called the golf fitness pull-on pants. I believe right now we have them in black, navy, red, pine green. Um, Perfect. Yeah, they're really cool. Yeah. In fact, I have my red ones on today. It's Valentine's Day, you know. Well, there Mm -hmm. you go. All right, my question (laughs) is how far ahead do you need to create the line before it's on the market to sell? Yeah, Cindy, it's shocking, actually. So right now... Right now, we are doing designs um, for spring, summer 24, um, mm. and we're almost done with those, believe it or not. So it's, it's well in advance. Um, one of the fun things, you know, with this line is I'm starting, you know, I have, I have a designer who's wonderful, he, uh, Paul Reese, who lives in London, and he was previously with Burberry and also with an English brand called Aqua Scutum, if you're familiar with that, but he... Um, mm-hmm. You know, he kind of lets me in a little bit to his world and in terms of, you know, finding the color of the season and all of that. It's really cool because it, most of it comes from Paris. I mean, it's it's definitely predetermined um, for whatever reason it is. But, you know, styles, styles usually start there, colors start there, and then they filter into the rest of, you know, haute couture. And he makes sure that we know what they are so that we're playing off of that. So, you know, currently, in fact, our, our – Uh, I was going to say our newest collection, although it doesn't hit the website for another two weeks, um, features the color of this season, which is this really pretty lilac. And so we've paired it with navy and white, and it's just, it's an outstanding color. And actually, you know, for a purple, it looks good on several skin tones, which is really, really great. Um, But that is the color of this season. And then for next season, it's it's sort of a hybrid of a fuchsia color for fall. Um, so we're going to, there's a bright fall ahead. Let's just say that, but, but no, it's, um, it's a good year in advance, if not a little bit more. So let me ask you this. So many lines, um, put it this way, do women, so customers, not, not country clubs, but end users, do sure. they fall in love with your line because it fits perfect and you never change the way you create the style or because they like the way it looks or both? Uh, well, I, I think it's more that they like the way it looks um, because I will say, you know, even though we have some styles that sort of stand the test of time, let's say the very pants is our, is our bestseller, um, which is a four pocket, four way stretch, ankle length golf pant that comes in every color under the sun possible. Um, that is our, our bestseller and we do maintain the fit of that, but you know, it's also, we're, we're, we're a little fashion-y. So we come out with, you know, one, you know, a couple different skirts that might fit a little bit differently or, you know, certainly might have a different appeal for different women or age groups. Um, and you know, and some of our printed pants are, you know, just, they might have a little bit of a different cut or lay just because of the print. So you know, we do try to maintain a little bit of, of fashion trendiness in the line as well, uh, even though we've got some pieces that, you know, are the mainstays and will never change, which is, for, well, you know, I never say never, but for the time being, will never change because they still maintain their popularity. So, um, but all in all, you know, Cindy, I like to think that any woman who walks into a golf shop and then changes her clothes and puts on a Lola Sport outfit has gotten an instant makeover. So I would say that it's the way they look. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, and we also do this thing, Cindy, too, which is kind of fun. And I'm learning this in the design world, too. We, we um, first of all, I, I like bright colors. I, I don't like, um, I'm not a real pastel kind of person. So we, we maintain a lot of bright colors. But we also mix colors, and we keep them up high close to the face, which is kind of nice because, for a woman who may think, oh, I don't look good in red or I don't look good in navy blue or something, when those colors are combined with other colors, then typically they can suit many, many more people. So, for instance, we do some chevroning that um, keeps, you know, bright colors close to the face, um, or we do, you know, some um, different uh, contrast on the epilepsy or on the shoulders that, you know, they just bring kind of visual interest 
up to where the where the face is and it's it's really kind of cool to see how um how those can really like enliven your your whole you know your face and your outlook and your golf game I'd like to think <laughs> you know when you look better you play better that's what I absolutely mm-hmm. it's different and classy looking thank you and, yeah. and you know the but the fabrics and the fabrics just feel amazing they are they are very well sourced the world over and they feel amazing. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Ted, um, what presents the most challenge for you with what you do? I mean, obviously you get some great feedback. Oh. Um, obviously, having to come up with different designs and and uh, and and source materials and things like that, but. Um, I'm sure anybody in your in, your side of the industry has challenges. What are some of the the most difficult challenges that you've had to overcome uh, doing this uh, uh, time that you, well, you've you had know, to Ted, You know, as as um, you know, we we talked, I guess, a couple of years ago, and that I used to mm-hmm. be with the Golf Channel and with Golfino, right? But I wasn't in a, I was not in a CEO role, and now I am, and that is um, every day I'm learning something about something <laughs> and um you know it's um it's i i love it though because um every day is a challenge and there's something always going on that i've got to fix or repair or uh, make better or you know or we or for the great things we can all celebrate together i mean since i've talked to you too we also have annika sorenstam now as our global ambassador and yes. i mean mm-hmm. that was an, a massive uh, win for us, and I'm, you know, I pinch myself every day when I see her in Lola Sport clothing, and so, you know, not only are we learning every day about, you know, the the, the nuances of running a business, but then we also get to celebrate together as as a company, which is really great with some of the some of the wonderful things that have happened to us over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think That's it's all. it's important. Congrat, yeah, congratulations for getting Annika because I know that Annika is very. Uh, select, excuse me, selective. <clears throat> pardon me in in what she does. So for her to to come on board like that as an ambassador is certainly a, a great feather, as they say in your cap. I, I want to ask you, because uh, I know in addition to your team, obviously you uh, coordinate uh, what you're going to do, what what you think is going to uh, be successful. Now you're working on, you know, obviously or getting ready to wrap up uh, spring summer for 2024 already, um, well in advance. Um, but obviously you want to get an outside perspective um, outside of your, your inner circle, if you will. And I want to ask you just your thoughts from John's perspective. Of course, I'm talking about your husband. Obviously, he gets to see firsthand yeah. uh, what goes on. What are some of his thoughts or his expressions that he's said to you? Uh, obviously, I'm sure he's very proud of everything you've done, but with respect to the line, does he offer some input as well and say, hey, I really like that, I think the women are going to love it, blah, 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 or yeah, not so much? What's been some of his input? Um, you know, he he does see the line in advance, um, as does our son, who is 16 years old, who's got a pretty good eye, I have to say, himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because Paul and I started this, Paul is the designer, because we started during right. COVID, we, um, our methods are a little... Um, not by the book, let's say. Like he and I don't physically get together that much because he's in England, and I, I certainly sure. don't get to go to Portugal much, which is where we make our clothing. Um, so we do a lot. We do a lot virtually, and um, part of that is a lot of pictures, and you know he'll send fabrics and stuff. And whenever he does, uh, yeah, oh, it's a family event, let me tell you. And John, John <laughs> takes a look, and our son takes a look, and um, you know that's been that's been really fun just to to have their input, and certainly. They have um, they have nixed a few things that that I've gone ahead and gone gone forward with that maybe I shouldn't have <laughs> maybe they were right <laughs> and uh, and vice versa but but I do value their opinion and you know as I say our our most popular pants um, called the very pants that actually was a derivation of John's Seinfeld character um, because one of oh, our really? favorite episodes was when he when he <laughs> talks about oh it's the very pants I climbed the Himalayas in. <laughs> We always think of, I remember and, that. You know, around our house, we've always said that. You know, we've always talked about, oh, it's you know the very pants I wore to Paris, the very pants I you know broke eighty in. So now, 
that is why our pant is called the very pant because now I, I gear the marketing of that toward golf where it's, you know, the very pant I broke 80 and the very pant I won the club championship in, but right. it, you know, it indicates specificity. That's really hard to say, you know, something that's really <laughs> sublime. So, um, so that's why it's called the very pant is it's very Peterman esque. I, I love that. And I do remember that episode, by the way, it was funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> So where where do you draw inspiration each season? I mean, obviously, um, you're, you're getting feedback and you're having discussions again with your team and that. But where do you personally draw your uh, inspiration from? What what is it? What is it that gets you excited about putting together a new line? Yeah, you know, it's actually really fun how we do our inspiration, and and I'm sure that's a little, it's a little bit um, not the norm as well. But um, we like to say that it's European designed that LA inspired. And that is very true. So here in LA, we've got a very, I guess, specific look and it's casual. Um, it's mm-hmm. bright, it's laid back. Um, and there are a lot of brands that are created here in LA that feed into it. So I study mm-hmm. some of these brands. Um, and, you know, in some cases we, we swap a lot of photos. Um, Paul then also, he, he is, you know, a fan of, couture. So he'll go to Prada and Dior and Chanel and so forth. And, and we kind of look at what they're doing as well. And believe it or not, we marry them together, which sounds so funny that you're taking sort of like a, a more beachy look and, you know, mixing mm-hmm. it with something that's Prada and saying, okay, let's, let's create the golf version of what this trend is, because clearly it is a trend and it's permeating both sides, but let's, let's figure out the golf version of it. And that's where, honestly, we've taken a lot of inspiration. And, you know, L.A. women are, um, you know, one, one thing I love about looking around in Los Angeles is how L.A. women wear their clothes. Um, you know, it's actually a pretty, um, you, you would think it's outlandish, but it's a little bit more conservative than you would think. But it is right. all about comfort. It's all about layering. Um, you know, because the, the weather here changes, it's always cool, cool in the mornings and the nights, and then it's warm in the day. So there's a lot of different layering pieces. So we really do take a lot of inspiration out of things that are, are bought and sold here in Los Angeles and then marry it with, with, uh, much more formal and chic looks of couture. Yeah. And it's a, I, I guess I imagine it's a, it's a balancing act too, of trying to find, enough of this and not too much of that uh, because again you're 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 not just even though you probably have a somewhat of a target market that you go after uh, which is going to be my next question is what is essentially your your target market and I'm referring to obviously age group uh, demographics uh, but mm-hmm. at the same time you have to be mindful that we have a, a new generation or generations coming up and theirs is going to be different than what you know you might uh, perceive. So how do you handle that uh, sort of diversity with what you're currently doing? How do you sort of factor in, okay, we've got other generations coming up that may have a different style outlook. Do you focus on mm-hmm. one sort of demographic, if you will, or do you sort of say, okay, we might have to make some changes on this side over here because they're going to dress differently than what I do, let's say as an example. Sure. That makes, well, that makes sense. Well, and, and there's, there's a few, of course it does, and there's a few different things that play into that. So, um, you know, first of all, you can't you can't appease everybody. So no, there's no clothing mm-hmm. brand that that everybody right. in the world likes. It's, it just it just doesn't work like that. Um, and so, I think it's best that we maintain sort of our our look and our aesthetic, and we're trying to appease the woman who likes that aesthetic. And mm-hmm. to be honest, that woman, from what we can tell, ranges in everywhere from preteen, um, which is why we make the double extra small size. Um, to women who are in their 80s. So we really do run the gamut wow. in terms of age range. Um, but it's but it's the consistency is in this specific woman who likes the look that we provide. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a fresh, colorful, um, you know, it's slim to the body without being tight, but you know, makes them look great on and off the course. And and so that's kind of what we're feeding into. Now that being said. Even in that group, um, as you as you travel around the country, things change. So we try mm-hmm. to spread out our collections based on which part of the country is buying at what time. So, for instance, even a woman who lives in New York 
in the summer and then goes to Florida in the winter, she will buy vastly different things. That same woman when she's at her club in New York and when she's at her club in Florida. Um, right. When I go to Chicago, you know, Chicago, they love um, a little bit more of a, of a, you know, I wouldn't say it's a simple look, but they like khaki. They like more simple mm-hmm. colors. They like whites. They like navies. And so, you know, we make sure that in our summer collections, which is when Chicago is, is stocking their shops, that we have some of those colors that appeal to them. So mm-hmm. we do spread it out throughout our collections so that it appeals to when those clubs will be buying and stocking their merchandise and when those certain women might be in those areas. So um, that, that does take some thought and process in terms of how we organize the collections and the deliveries. But otherwise, I think that um, it's kind of we're, – we're just kind of trying to go for this one woman who's got this very specific taste. And luckily, it's a lot of women who have that, who have that specific yeah. taste, which is which yeah, that's been great for us. Yeah, yeah, that's very impressive to to have a swath of that that age group uh, because that's not an easy thing to do. Because again, you're 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 talking a generational change. I mean, what an eighty typically what an eighty year old woman might have as opposed to a thirteen year old girl is there, you know. But to be able to appeal to that wide of a range says as a testament again to your team because that's not an easy task to do. Uh, because again, no, it's you're, not. You're talking. Not to, you're talking. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and it's not to say that they may pick the exact same pieces, but within a right. collection, there's probably you know things to things to appease that you know the teenage girl who wants to look you know more cute mm-hmm. and cute and fun to be with. As I say, that's a by the way, that's a Lola sport term. Um, and then you know a woman who wants to look a little bit more sophisticated. So we try to appease both of those within one collection. Yes. Yeah, that, that's very impressive. Cindy, go ahead. I'm just totally impressed with how smart you are and how much planning has to go into all this. I, I <laughs> stuff looks amazing. Thanks, Cindy. Stop by the booth because I am a retail therapy professional. <laughs> oh, excellent! Not even a hobby; it's become a profession. I love that, Cindy. <laughs> Own it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's of course. Thank you, and thank you for the compliments. I really appreciate them. And um, and you know, just to remind your listeners that um, that we do sell online at lolasport.com, and it's l o h l a s p o r t dot com. And then you know, we're sold at about 250 um, country clubs in the United States right now. And if your club doesn't have it, please ask them for it because that's how we. That's how we grow, which is great, is, is by, you know, adding additional country clubs. We certainly want to um, support the PGA of America and all the PGA shops nationwide. So that's our, that's our first line of business. Anyway, I, I really appreciate the time, though, you guys. Thank you. Well, we're, we're glad that you were able to join us, and uh, especially on a, a special day, Valentine's Day. It's always uh, uh, good to um, have a, a a fun and interesting show, and we appreciate you joining us. And again, that's lolasport.com is the website. You definitely want to go and check it out for those tuning into the show. But uh, Lisa, thank you very much uh, for joining us. I hope you'll come back uh, and join us again on a future show. We always appreciate having you, and and much continued success. Uh, I think you you've got a great uh, a great line and a great business um, out there, and um, just keep doing the great things that you do. And and uh, hopefully you'll stop by again. Well, thank you so much. I'd love to. All right. Happy Valentine's Day again, and thank you again for joining us here on uh, the Women of Golf. All right. That was Lisa O'Hurley from lolasports.com. Actually, lolasport.com. It is a very interesting line, though. Don't you agree, Cindy? Yeah. Classy. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, you'll have to you'll have to reach out and get some free samples or something. But uh, now she's uh, uh, and, and like I said, she, just very very busy. Uh, you know what was really interesting when I uh, as I said at the beginning when I went down to the show um, and and literally I you know went by several times, tried to stop in over the course of the and I mean it was just a constant flow of people there. And you know obviously you don't want to just sort of barge in into a conversation or interrupt and, and so forth. And, I mean, she didn't have, I don't think, a moment's rest, which is good. I mean, for, for business, that's good. Um, and, again, that's a, a testament to uh, 
uh, business because there were there were some others that uh, you know that were there representing as well that uh, didn't seem to have the same flow. So obviously she's got a winning formula there that's uh, served her very well, and it's uh, going to be interesting to see uh, as this uh, uh, you know as the different lines continue to grow. But on that note, uh, we got to wrap it up. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody! Thank you for tuning into the Women of Golf. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with another No BS Zone and another interview guests that will follow. We hope you join us. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you always, Cindy, uh, for being my partner in crime, and I hope you have a great uh, rest of your day as we uh, sign off the show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Cindy. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf's Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.